17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports, as well as the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And I think, Cordell, we might have a groundbreaking episode today. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure people want to know why. And I say that because Cordell brought this to my attention that, that this might be an episode in which we do not talk about Lamar Jackson. It's <laughs> I think we're breaking one, the streak here. It's historic. <laughs> it's historic. At least no segment named after Lamar Jackson. Exactly. You know, it's, it's no Lamar Jackson-centric segment. I, I could get with that. Absolutely. So uh, at, at this point, no news is good news as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but there are some other news that needs to be addressed. The first one is Darius Slay, who went on to his podcast. Uh, I guess it's called The Big Slay, which everybody has a podcast now. So, I, okay. you know, it's hard to keep up with all the players podcasts. Um, but on his Big Slay podcast, he talks about how he almost switched birds from Philly to Baltimore. Here's what he had to say. I was almost this close. A Baltimore Raven. I was this close. This close. But, you know, I wanted to be Eagle. I stayed an Eagle because I know me and Howard going to figure something out. But the Baltimore Ravens was the first team that called and they, they offered just what I wanted. And I just said, hey, the Eagles do that. I'm gonna stay an eagle. So it was, it was nice. Now, man, I almost, almost was a raven. I was almost a different bird. So Slay Cordell tells everyone on his podcast that he was almost a raven, and that Eric DaCosta and company reached out to him as soon as the, the news went out that he was potentially um, going to be cut by the Eagles. And then somehow the Eagles tried to find a way and did eventually find a way to keep their guy up 95 North in Philly. Now, I I want to be clear about something because people have brought this to my attention because I have mentioned um, how I feel like Marlon Humphrey doesn't get a lot of respect and how people were saying that Darius Slay is better. I don't believe that Darius Slay is better. So when, when this came out about Slay um, potentially being a Raven, there were people like, what would have happened had he became a Raven? I never said that I didn't think he was a good player. I never said I didn't like Darius Slay. I want to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. I think that Darius Slay, as of right now, would have been a complete upgrade um, over – Marcus Peters of what we see to based on what we've seen from Marcus Peters in right. 2022 because we know he was fighting an injury now I don't know if this is who Marcus Peters is at this point or if he just needed some more time um, to rehab but what we saw from him there was a lot of bad moments um, a lot of mishaps and I do think that Darius Slay is a, is a huge upside uh, in that regard I don't think that he's better than Marlon Humphrey and that was what I was saying because there was too many lists out here that had Darius Slay over Marlon Humphrey and I argued it uh, that being said I would have loved to have Darius Slay as a Raven I would have welcomed him with all the open arms because again I never said I didn't like him I simply said that there's another guy who was getting disrespected that is better than him but that would have really been a great 
one-two punch and actually would have made this secondary to me, which is already good, three-fourths of the way, a complete secondary and very hard to deal with, uh, you know, in opposing offenses. Oh, Rita, they have the best secondary in the league. I mean, Easily. It, it will it remind me uh, a little in terms of at least the corner duo. It will remind me of what it was when Marcus Peters first got to Baltimore. Um, because you got a Marcus Peters that was still, I would say, still kind of in his prime, maybe the back end of his prime, but still a guy that was a turnover machine, still a guy that, you know, you don't want to throw the ball his way. Um, so getting a guy like Darius Slay, who's always been one of my favorite corners, I, I got to say that the, the Lions have a way of getting talent and people, I think, don't really know how good the players are that have played yeah. for the Lions in the past yep. because it's a losing franchise and we haven't seen them play in the playoffs. But they've had a lot of like individual players, a lot of talented guys play in Detroit. And Darius yep. Slade has, has been one of those guys. Is he better than Marlon Humphrey? To be honestly, I look at them as two totally different corners. I think they do two totally different things, two totally different styles. Um, Marlon, I think, is a better coverage guy. I think definitely the more physical guy out of the two, no question. I think Darius Slay is probably better at getting the ball, I think, in terms of get, actually forcing the turnovers through interceptions. Uh, I think he's better at that. But Marlon's got the fruit punch to kind of go along yes. with his ability as well. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like these are two, I think, legit corners in the league no question two top 10 corners uh in my opinion um and if the Ravens were to have that I mean you're right you mix that with the safety uh that they have in Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton going back there you you would really look at this Ravens secondary as one that that's to be feared and that's in conjunction with what they already have in front of them, the linebackers with Roquan and Patrick Queen and the D-line. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. So, yeah, you know, it, it sucks that that didn't end up happening. Um, that would have been great. But you you hear Darius Slay say the Ravens offered him exactly what he was looking for, and the, and the Eagles came and matched it. And the deal he got was a three-year, $42 million deal, uh, he got a guaranteed at signing was twenty four point five million. Um, so and and it was, like I said, it was a three year deal. His base salary is extremely low. Most of it is through. I'm looking at it through Spot Track right now. Most of his money is coming through the signing bonus each year. Yes. But he's, the highest he's paid on terms of base salary doesn't come until twenty twenty five, and that's only one point two million dollars. So I mean, it's a it's a definitely a friendly deal. Um, but if, you know, we've seen it in the past, players on the offensive side of the ball. I remember Juju did it, what, two years ago with Pittsburgh. You know, the Ravens were offering him something, and, it's still, and he basically went back to Pittsburgh really for, like, less money just to it stay, was. you know, uh, to, to, to stay where he's comfortable at. So Darius yep. Lee just went to a Super Bowl. I totally understand it for sure. Um, but, I mean, he would have been leaving one really good defense and I think going to another had that actually happened. Yeah, I, I I mean, obviously, we know that Philly has a great defense. Um, and so in that regard, it, it would have been an easy transition, I think. Obviously, you know, they play differently. They have two different offenses. 
uh, defensive coordinator. So um, there's going to be some strategy that's different. But overall, going from one dominant defense to another is helpful, right, as opposed to going somewhere mm -hmm. that's struggling and, and that's really going to need you to elevate because, honestly, he would have been playing with three really good players um, and Marcus Williams – and Kyle Hamilton in addition to Marlon Humphrey. So uh, it's really disappointing because the Ravens have a glaring need at cornerback. And to know that they, you know, put out an offer that he absolutely was about to take. And then Philly comes in and matches the deal because, you know, it's easier to stay where you are already, especially if you have a rapport with the team and a rapport with the coordinator. It makes more sense to stay if it's the same contract. But the Ravens really now still have a, a, a void that they have to fill. And, you know, they brought in some people to host in terms of trying to sign in free agency. Nothing has happened yet. And look, there's still cornerbacks out there, Cordell. I mean, it's not like that they're completely out of cornerbacks on the market. But obviously, the guys that are, no, that are not on the market now were the best one. So the ones that's on the market now are like, and for lack of a better term, B, C, D listeners yeah, I mean, at this it's point. It's not really filling your. It's not really filling your need. Darius Slay would have filled your need, you know. And then some. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you know that the Ravens really love secondary help. That yeah. is something that they pride themselves on. They believe in defending the pass. Um, in a league that passing is very important. So you know the guys that's out there now are not necessarily guys that they would love to have, but. It's also a situation where it, it's something that they need to have. Um, so it, it it really sucks. I hate these stories too, Cordell. I hate the what if stories. Honestly, yeah. I really wish you could have just kept it to yourself. Because <laughs> now we have to deal with the, the aftermath of, wow, what if we had Darius Slay yeah. with the rest of those guys? And, and, and you have to go into the season and if you struggle at the opposite side um, on the cornerback position on the field that's all you're going to think about well Darius Slay was almost a raven just keep it to yourself I don't need that type of energy in my life quite frankly <laughs> and honestly I mean I, you you got to wonder what are all the things that went into his decision making to go back a lot of the things that we named but I mean it's I, I don't think it's out of the question to and I, I I am doing it I'm 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 the one bringing him up but Lamar you you look at it he's got to <laughs> hurt you know, he knows hurts is going to be there you know yeah. I'm the quarterback that just was in the MVP running the quarterback that just led him to the Super Bowl you know he knows he's going to be there this year he he doesn't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be there now I, I think if if it was a situation where it's like oh yeah without a doubt Lamar Jackson is there. He's showing up to everything. There's no drama. Lamar's, it may be a different discussion. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? But I mean, when you're a free agent, you do have to take in everything that's going on uh, into consideration. And that's probably a going to, I mean, we've heard Marlon say it in the past. That's what everybody with every pen and free agent asked him about at the pro bowl. What's going on with Lamar. Every free agent is going to want to know that. And I, and I wouldn't put it past Darius Slade that kind of at least popping up in the back of his mind. Yeah, I do think that it is a both sides thing, too. You know, obviously it's more important for a wide receiver or a skilled player on offense to know that information. But defense, I do think it's – you. look, are we going to be good or not? And, right. <laughs> you know, regardless, I I, I think that if let, – let's say Tyler Huntley returns as a Raven. I don't think that the Ravens will be bad. I don't – let me be clear on that. I think that they have enough talent to compete 
um, in the National Football League, even with the limitations that Huntley has. But obviously, Lamar Jackson is a different dynamic and a different type of player that you would love to have over a Tyler Huntley. And I think that, you know, even as a defensive back, that's something that you'd be interested in and knowing if that guy is going to be there or not. So I do think that that's a fair assessment. We'll talk more about free agency on the other side of the ball um, because they still have some more needs to fill on the offensive side. And who else is it that the Ravens are going after? Who do they make an offer for? And uh, is that going to happen or is this just a ploy? We'll talk about it next. Before we get to the next segment, please make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. So let's switch sides, Cordell. We talked about Darius Slays almost being a Raven, very close to being one, still hurts a little bit. <laughs> that, that, that didn't transpire. But nonetheless, he returned to Philadelphia. On the flip side, clearly the Ravens are still trying to develop their wide receiver room, and we know that there's some pressing need there um, because Nelson Aguilar is not enough. And I think that that's something we all know at this point. So it was uh, had been... Uh, rumored that the Ravens have put out an offer for Odell Beckham Jr. Now, we don't know what those numbers are, obviously, but allegedly an offer was put out. I, When I see things like this, Cordell, I get real nervous because mm-hmm. the fact that you tell us that there's an offer, but you're not telling us there's a deal tells me that this is a negotiating tactic. We saw this last year with Bobby Wagner who used the Ravens basically to garner interest for his hometown team in the LA Rams. Um, and, and that's just the most recent, but players typically do this a lot. So my concern is, is that people are getting their hopes up and thinking that there's a real possibility that Odell Beckham Jr. will become a Baltimore Raven. Again, there's a situation where Odell has no idea who's going to throw him the ball, whether whether it's Huntley, whether it's Lamar, whether it's Anthony Brown. We have no idea who that's going to be. And yet they put out an offer sheet, uh, uh, offer for him, excuse me. And we heard nothing else because we've been hearing all this time that he's been having a conversation with the Jets. They've been a favorite and all of these things. So the fact that nothing has been done except for potentially giving an offer tells me that this is something we should not invest in because it is very possible that this is just a a ploy to negotiate with other teams to rise the price to get him somewhere else. Am I wrong here? No, I I totally agree with you. I mean, we know it's it's basically out there that the Jets is where he wants to go, you know, and everybody, including him, is waiting to see when is Aaron Rodgers finally going to be a Jet, if ever? And I'm telling you, where there's smoke, there's fire. I've been saying something's funky with that situation this entire time. I don't know. It may still happen. Maybe this going to wait until draft day. But the fact that we were told, like, what, two weeks ago that this was a done deal, <laughs> yet Aaron Rodgers is still a Packer, I just I just don't know. Um, but I think he's kind of has the Ravens in his back pocket right now to be honest. I think that's what it is. He has the Ravens in his back pocket. If anything, the only I would like to see what type of deal they're offering him right now. We know what has been reported that he's looking for. He has debunked the first story that he was looking for $20 million a year, so now they've changed it to he's looking for $15 million a year. Right. Even that, that 
that would make him the most expensive receiver on the the uh, free agent market this offseason. Everybody else has gotten no more than 11. Uh, I'm not necessarily jumping to make Odell the highest. I, I don't know. I, I, I like Odell. I just have concerns with him in terms of injury, um, which you already have concerns with, and your best receiver you have on your roster now in Bateman. So you want your yep. two best receivers? And then the be- second best in Duvernay. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I just – I'm not jumping for, to to be that guy. And also, I mean, I don't know if we truly – I think Odell Beckham is a heck of a talent. I mean, that's clear. The dude is as talented as anybody in the league. But what is he right now? What is The last time we saw Odell Beckham, he was the Robin to Cooper Cup's Batman. Yeah. And right now, you're not in a situation where you have the best receiver in the league that year. Um, you're not in a situation where – You've got a, a guy like Matthew. You, you don't know who you got throwing you the ball right now. I mean, if it's Lamar, that'd be great. But if not, I mean, you got to take that into consideration. Sean McVay isn't there. I don't know. Odell, we saw him great in, in spurts in Cleveland, but the injuries concern me. How good is he really? Is he good enough to be relied on to the point to where I think the Ravens will rely on him? And sure, I get it. Mark Andrews is their number one pass catcher, so essentially the receivers are going to be two and three in terms of, you know, uh, guys that are getting targets. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you could get Odell, great. But only if it's at a number, I hope it's at a number that they're comfortable with because everybody seems to be clutching their pockets and, and having a lot to say about what the Ravens are paying people nowadays. So hopefully this is something that's doable for what they can afford right now. Yeah, my thing is, is that I'm concerned. I feel like that this is in limbo because Odell wants to go to the Jets if Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. And so I think that because that hasn't materialized yet, he's still on the market, just like you said, just looking for some backup plans. But the Mm -hmm. Ravens also don't know who their quarterback is going to be. So he's in limbo because the teams that he probably want to go to are in limbo in terms of their quarterback situation. We obviously know that he um, has a relationship with Todd Munkin because at one point he was their coach. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Odell had a thousand yard season when he was there with the Browns. So there's a familiarity there in terms of what the offense is going to be like but ultimately I think what the bigger deal is is that there's a lot of uncertainty from organizations that want Odell services and he wants to make sure that he's in a position of being on a team that he believes is going to win him another Super Bowl or at least get him close to one that's what I think and I think that because of his you know his stature who he is and because he's all already won a ring he doesn't have to make a decision right now anyway right it allows him to do that so this this offer is nice but I feel like that this is just a gesture in terms of like well the Ravens I think want him to be a Raven obviously Mm -hmm. but uh Odell has to not and doesn't have to make a decision because he just doesn't um uh he is waiting on what exactly is going on in the Meadowlands because he don't want to sign with the wrong team. If Lamar gets traded somewhere, then he's like, oh God, what what does that mean for me? You know what I'm saying? If he goes to the Jets and somehow Mike White is gone, 
I'm assuming Joe Flacco is no longer there because I have to assume his contract was up. So so Zach Wilson is still there. We ain't gonna want to go there. We seen Zach Wilson. Okay, that that experiment I think is over. So you know, I, I, I this is a very tricky situation because the Ravens obviously need a wide receiver, but putting out uh offer an offer to OBJ and then you still could potentially like at least try for DeAndre Hopkins or whatever, but having being in limbo because he doesn't have to make a decision right now is continuously putting the Ravens in an already limbo situation that they're dealing with with their quarterback and Lamar Jackson. I just would like to be off of this ride. I just want some solutions. I just want some understanding on what exactly is going to be the Baltimore Ravens for 2023. And I'm tired of being Lumbo. That's really it for me. I thank you for letting me rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand it. I think a lot of people feel the same way you do. And you brought up DeAndre Hopkins. Like we still have to see what happens with him. We know the Ravens have been interested in him. Um, we've seen the reports as of late that it looks like he may even get released. Um, so I, I think that's, a, I mean, if it's me, even if we're including Odell Beckham in the rankings, I'm putting DeAndre Hopkins over Odell Beckham right now. Uh, that's just me. So I, I think that the Ravens themselves shouldn't kind of over, overexpose themselves for Odell just yet. Odell's been trying to, he's been playing this game now for about a year and some change kind of court and you know playing with teams emotions and stuff and leaving teams on red like I don't know if you can if you can get DeAndre Hopkins I would still go that route uh but yeah Odell Beckham right now if if you have to if that's the person you have to quote-unquote settle for uh that wouldn't be too bad as long as it's at the right price yeah, I, and and what is the right price exactly? What exactly I mean, is the right price? We me, don't need nothing to know more. That. I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, nothing more than twelve. I'm sorry, I'm not going too far beyond what the with with the free agent market has done. And for real, I'm I wouldn't be mad if it really should be be under that eleven. He missed a whole year. He yeah, missed a whole year. You know, and he's got an injury history, a big time injury history, like. He, I think as much as people have talked about Lamar's injury history, Odell Beckham's one is a more legit one that I would look at. That's that's a, that's what I categorize as injury prone. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. The problem is, is that um, there's a, a very um, huge void that needs to be filled in Baltimore at wide receiver talent. Um, so... I definitely uh, would like to say that it, I, I I don't think that he's worth 14 million, right? I don't know, but I also think that he's worth something of stature in terms of in terms of uh, value, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, yes, he has a, a major history in terms of injury, but also he's the best guy that's on the market right now. Right. So you probably are going to have to pay a little bit more to play. And that's just what it's going to be. It's it's literally nothing left on the market right now. I mean, it's it's me left on the market that like, it's it's Odell or it's me. I mean, what are you, what are are your options? There's still Um, the possibility of a Keenan Allen situation. There's still the, you know, so there's that. And then of course we talked about DeAndre Hopkins, but ultimately, um, yeah, ain't much left. I mean, the, the cupboard is bait, quite frankly. <laughs> we're, starving. We're, we're starving out here, honestly. We, I'm star- we starving. 
So uh, that's that's the that's the the plan. I I don't think that he becomes a Raven. To be clear, I just don't. And I I would love to be proved wrong here, but we've seen this story before, and I've seen how it's ended before, and I just don't think that I think that the Ravens being in limbo with their quarterback situation kind of makes this a little bit more difficult um, for him to make that as where uh, Green Bay and the Jets feel like that they're in a closer situation on a trade than the Ravens right now in a situation with resigning Lamar um, for long term. So that's that's my stance on that. We'll see, though, as the Ravens turn. <laughs> Before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button so that every time there is a new episode to talk about your Baltimore Ravens, you will be the first to know. So, Cordell, we talked about the need for cornerback. We talked about the need for wide receiver. These are the two biggest holes as of right now that the Ravens have on their roster. Um, and so there is another option. The draft. I don't, you know, now I don't know if that's where you want to go with it. Uh, because we know that the Ravens love themselves a season corner. I mean, they, they're, they'll draft one for sure, obviously. Marlon Humphrey is a prime example of that. And they've drafted cornerbacks in later rounds, right? The Brandon Stevens, who as of right now might be the, the guy on the opposite side, was, was a guy. However, um, there are options that the Ravens have in terms of going into the draft to get a cornerback or a wide receiver. At the moment, moment what do you feel is a more pressing need of the Ravens in terms of when it's their turn to pick and they have a top cornerback and a top wide receiver available which one do you think that they should go after well that's you know it's so conflicting because they're both glaring holes in their own right and both are involved in the passing game you know what I'm saying and and so and that's the biggest that's the most important part of the NFL right now is the passing game. Um, I think if you look at the draft, there's definitely more talent at corner than it is receiver. Um, I think it's a lot more sure bets at cornerback right now than at the, it's a lot of, it's definitely a lot of talent at the receiver position, but there's some projects in there, even the top guys, you know, you have your questions uh, about Johnston from TCU, you know, uh, uh, Jackson from uh, Ohio State. Nobody really knows what his role can be. Zay Flowers, he's he's explosive as ever, but he's pretty small. You know, it's like yeah. everybody's got their own thing at receiver, but at cornerback, it's it's kind of uh, really stacked up well. It's, it's a quite a few corners that you can get in the first, first round and in the Ravens position at 22. Um, but if we're talking about, the biggest need, the biggest need is wide receiver. I mean, yeah, it is definitely wide receiver because you have to take into account what's around these positions. You look at the Ravens defense, they still have one of the best corners in the league in Marlon Humphrey. They still have a big time safety in uh, Marcus Williams. They still have arguably the best linebacker in football in Roquan Smith and definitely one of the best tandems linebacker duo tandems uh in the nfl and he and patrick queen that we know the front is is definitely has you a lot of youth a lot of potential still question marks there but I, as a unit the defense is pretty good they're right pretty there. solid over yeah. when you look at them on paper exactly. yeah 
at, 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 for the Ravens offense, they need wide receivers. They need wide receivers. I mean, you look at the production from the wide receiver position in 2022, it's embarrassing. And I know they've got the injuries to Bateman and the injuries to DuVernay. I, I'm taking that into account. But even when those guys were there, they're barely involved. They're they're not the most consistent. And a lot of that has to do with Greg Roman. And I'm excited to see what Todd Munkin can do with this offense. Um, but even he is going to need some sort of talent at the receiver position. And Bateman is a great talent for sure. I'd love to see him stay healthy, but it's not enough. It's not enough. And they know that. I know the the, the addition, I guess you could say, uh, about Nelson Aguilar. Um, but ideally, it'd be great if Nelson Aguilar is, like, not a starter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it, it'd be great. Um, so I, I do think receiver is still a big need for them. And maybe kind of going back a little bit, we talked about Odell Beckham in the last segment, just in terms of these free agent wide receivers or veteran wide receivers in the league like DeAndre Hopkins. You know, the need that they have right now may cause for them to potentially overpay a little bit just yeah. because of how big of a need it is for them. Um, so I would understand it if that's their logic going into it, like, We've got to get us a guy. We have to get a guy. And yes, we know we're, we're we're potentially overpaying a little bit here, but we have to fill this position. We have to. Um, I could I could accept that. I, I could accept that for sure. So yeah, biggest need for me is still wide receiver. But I think if when they get to twenty two, I'm I'm leaning towards them going cornerback right now. Um, and probably because the guys that you would really like to get in terms of wide receiver are probably not on the board when you get there. So I understand the logic. But, yes, I agree with you. I think if if you have a choice and it's got to be wide receiver there, if it's a guy that you really want, because that is the more pressing need. You don't have the depth, which you haven't been had. That's nothing new. But right. even with the depth situation, it ain't like you got a lot of great players with the depth that you do have. Um, so you need something, especially if you're not going to get someone um, this offseason, whether it's trade or via, uh, via free agency. So I definitely agree with you that you have to really look into the situation of who's available. And even I know you said Zay Flowers, OK, he's small, but is. Uh, is if if Zay Flowers is a, a if you feel that Zay Flowers can contribute to your football team, how much of that is really going to be a factor in terms of looking away and just preferring a cornerback instead? Because I understand. I mean, I get. I guess you want a guy with some big size and all of these things, but you also have a really pressing need here. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of the smaller guys in the league. I I am, uh, and Zay Flowers is one of those small guys that play bigger than he really is. Yeah. Um, so you think about, and I'm not trying to compare the two, but like Steve Smith, that was, he was one of, he's one of my all time favorite players because he's the smallest guy on the field, but he's got the biggest mouth and he's got the biggest game. And, and he, you're going to know that by the, by the time the game ends and Zay flowers. I mean, he gives them that big playability. They need, more home run hitters for too yes. long. Lamar Jackson has been like 
he is the he's their ultimate home run hitter, right? Yep. Because he can do it with his arm, he can do it with his legs. Uh, they're not they're probably not going to be able to get a guy that's a bigger home run hitter than Lamar Jackson. But when you've got multiple home runs, we've seen what Bateman's able to do when they isolate him and he's able to, you know, use his acceleration. He's a potential home run hitter. Dobbins, once Dobbins gets back to being able to hit that gear that he used to be able to hit, he'll be another home run hitter as well. Adding a guy like Zay Fly, and, and Mark Andrews, definitely I'm not going to, you know, take him out of there, but he's not taking an 80 yard into the house. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, when we talk about home run hitters, I'm talking about guys that can take it first play of the drive. All the like Zay Flowers is another guy that I think could give you that ability. And when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson in your office, assuming he's still there, um, you, I, I think the biggest regret that the Ravens have had during his time is that they have not put enough explosive players around him. He yeah. is Mr. Explosive. You, you, when the, the way to make him unguardable is so that you can put a lot of guys out there that can be home run hitters on the field. So, you know, I mean, you uh, just for example, like San Francisco, and I like, I know a lot of people have been talking about. The, the the way that the Eagles are built and the way that the Niners are built is kind of the way that the Ravens are is kind of their mode a little bit. Um, I think outside of some of the big name talent, obviously a wide receiver, but you look at like a guy like Debo Samuel and then they have George Kittle and then you got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you've got people at each level now that can make those spectacular plays. That's what the Ravens have been lacking. And when you get a guy, when you already have Lamar at quarterback, it, it, it should make it that much easier uh, for, for other guys to be able to do some of those same things. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. So, you know, there's obviously guys that, that are, might go in earlier, like Quentin Johnson um, and, and, you know, Jackson, I'm more than likely is gone. I don't even think that that's mm-hmm. something that the Ravens even assume, although I've seen that they you know, talk to Quentin Johnson a couple of times. So it's very possible that they think he could fall or maybe they're interested in trying to trade up. Obviously, they won't be doing that with this year's picks because they only have five. But um, ultimately, you know, it is something that is a pressing need. Look, the the Ravens also do really well with grabbing defensive backs in later rounds. So that wouldn't be um, an issue for me. I do think that you keep, you do have to keep swinging. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we heard what, Eric DaCosta said this offseason, which caused a little tizzy, you know, mm-hmm. um, by some of the wide receivers, including Rashad Bateman. But uh, he wasn't wrong. And you do have to keep swinging. And so to me, if there's a, a, a wide receiver that you feel can contribute to your football team that's available to you when it's time for you to pick, I think you have to make that pick. And you have to keep trying. You know, this is a different coordinator. This is potentially a different system now that's going to be more balanced. So that guy will get some targets. But ultimately, you have to find a way to beef up your wide receiver room, regardless of Mark Andrews being on your team. He needs help, too, just like anybody else. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think it's important to keep going out there and at least trying to get wide receivers. Because what you don't want is like last year's draft when you got none. When you needed some, you know, because you do this best players available thing. And to some degree, I do think that that's the best way to be. But also when you knew you only had, what, four in the room, you still didn't do anything about it. And I think that that's, you know, what it is. So 
Um, yeah, I, I am. I'm with you on that. Um, I also think that, like you said, the Ravens are going to pick a cornerback because that's what they're going to do. That's exactly mm-hmm. what's going to happen, Cordell. And you, me, and everybody else knows it too. That that's how that's going to go down. <laughs> so it's not going to even be a wide receiver. Probably it'll probably be a cornerback, which will be oh, interesting. <laughs> so I'll, it'll be funny to see the reactions on social media once that happens. Uh, but for now, you and I both agree that wide receivers should be who they go after. So that being said, uh, we want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. When we come back on Friday, uh, the Orioles will have had their opening day, hopefully. It's not supposed to be the best of weather, potentially thunderstorms. But, um, you know, hey, a little bit of rain don't stop no show. So as long as it ain't no thunder, might be might be something going on. Uh, and so I want to wish them a, a happy opening day. And we'll come back on Friday to talk. So we want to thank you all for joining us. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. <laughs>